Welcome to the clean truth, what we like to call bullshit on the status quo. Welcome to another episode of the clean truth. I'm Don, I'm your host. Back with me is Red. Hello. The title of this episode is Zero to Sixty, and the topics is Trials and Tribulations of Growth. The reason that we wanted to tell this story is because I think that there's a lot of people out there that whether you own a small business or whatever kind of business, whatever size, and they want to grow. Everybody always has dreams and aspirations of growing their business, but they're scared and they hold back for uh, fear of failure, fear of not knowing what to do, you name it. There's a million reasons why people, they hesitate to take that first step. So I thought it would be cool for her and I to kind of share our story of how we went from one cafe to now 60 franchises and talk about some of the bumps and things that we hit along the way and some of the lessons that we learned because I think they're a little bit more relatable and I think we can tell it in a way that somebody's going to relate to. No, definitely. I mean, we um, made a lot of mistakes in the beginning, but I think everything that we we were just talking before the epi- or before we started that the mistakes that we made, we learned very valuable lessons from each one. And I think as long as you make the mistakes and you learn from them, then you can move on or move forward. I think we learned them a lot slower than you think than what we should have. Yeah, sometimes. So I'm going to start this off. and I'm going to go all the way back to the early days um, when it was just Locale Cafe, when we had the very first cafe in Bethalto and we were talking about moving. We had all these ideas that we were going to Florida and then that second location had fell in our lap. Well, I know one thing that we didn't even think about, and it's funny if you sit here and you think about it now, because if we try to make a decision like that now, we think long and hard about it and and the pros and the cons. And then back then when we did this, you and I didn't think that through. We didn't think about it. And it actually worked out. And what I'm talking about is we went from the location in Bethalto, which was set up to operate and flow a certain way. The customer comes in. They order at the counter. We bring the food out. You know, it was kind of like a quick serve deal. Well, when we moved to that second location, it was full service. We didn't even think about that, but we were changing our model a little bit. Yeah, we had uh, the waitress and waiters. It it kind of turned into full service. Yeah. And we were just so young and dumb and naive. We were like, screw it. We'll make it work. We'll figure it out along the way. And I think most people, if they were going to do that, they would think about that first. You know, and I think it would hinder their hinder their growth and their reason for wanting to do it i just always think like um the first cafe that we opened you know um we were just reviewed our p l on that store like i mean it was horrendous it was horrendous like i i can't believe that we that's why we were living in the store because i saw the p l um but then the second location when we went to edwardsville it was um it grew into another like level of where we had different experiences and we were able to, you know, get that, get it under control. And then when we moved to Wilmington, Edwardsville prepared us for what was going to happen in Wilmington. So, I mean, I'm grateful for those days because, um, from going from doing, I think like two, $300 a day to doing, you know, the 5,000, you know, on a, you know, Monday to then our Wilmington days, of you know increasing so we we gradually i think learned along the way our each location i guess prepared us for the next yeah i think there was 
certain bumps in the road that we hit in each one of those phases also. You know, I mean, when, I remember when we moved out of that first location in Bethalto, shit, I think Tony and I was in there. We were stripping the entire building. I mean, we didn't know that you couldn't take anything that was connected to the building. I mean, we were taking the sinks, the toilets. We were taking everything. We didn't know any better. Um, just things like that, little things that people don't think about when they're when they're trying to grow and expand, you know, that we kind of learned along the way just by screwing it up. Yeah. And I, I think it's uh, it's very valuable to understand that don't be afraid to fuck those things up and screw up. It's kind of how you learn. Um, but moving forward, you know, uh, kind of moving forward in the timeline a little bit. So we had the second location in Edwardsville. And we kind of told the story, if, you, if you're listening now, go back and listen to the previous episode where we just kind of, we inter- introduced ourselves and how we got to this point. So that's a pretty in- in- intriguing story. But now we're at two locations. We're in Edwardsville and we're ready to move. And we're ready to move out here. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. We didn't know anybody here. We just packed a whole restaurant up in a car trailer and drove out here after buying a restaurant, like, almost sight unseen, but we, we saw it and we paid him for it, came back, packed it all up, moved out here. If you remember right, we didn't even go to the health department at first. Right. Because we didn't have to do that back in Illinois. Well, we did. We just cool. were so gung-ho. Well, I keep thinking, um, too, like um – with Nick, you know, we didn't even like sign an LOI like for the right. building. We just bought the building and just assumed that we were just going to take over the lease on this. I mean, you know, like we walked into his. I just remember the day we walked into his office, and I mean, we're just like, "Hey, we're your yeah. new tenants." We're like, your new tenants. <laughs> what do you mean? And we're like, "Oh yeah, we just took over the business." And I mean, the I look was, on his face, <laughs> I can still remember that look. And like, if he would have like questioned us or like credit checked us, like. You know, Clean Eats wouldn't be there today. We were two gym rat bums wearing hoodies and saying, hey, we're, we just rented your building. I think I still remember him asking the question, well, what kind of lease do you want? And my answer, I remember very vividly, was, well, you tell me. You're the landlord. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, But it worked out. And, I mean, uh, long story short, Nick and his family took very good care of us. They still do. They're like family to us still. Um, but moving on, so then we opened Clean Eats on Racine. Um, Which was awesome. We hit some road bumps with that, too, dealing with the health department. Because we we took this concept from the Midwest where we had to fight tooth and nail to get customers. I mean, that's meat and potatoes country. So even healthy eating there, we fought to get people to understand it. Well, then we move out here. We're in the south now. And our concept here, nobody had even heard of. Or even the health department didn't even know how to prepare for some of the things that we had on our menu. And I think... Uh with locale and even Edwardsville, we were cooking on George Foreman grills. So oh yeah, it was podunk. It was like we were going to yard sales in uh, Salvation Armies and picking up every George Foreman that we could find because they only had like a life, uh, like what four months, and we'd have to. So our um, storage uh, shelf had like six George Foremans for always backup at that time. But then when we moved to Wilmington, we were in a whole nother level because. You know, they were questioning on our hood and, you know, uh, all of our cooking stuff. And it, so we were like, well, what do you mean? Like, we cook on, like, the George Foreman had to be retired in Wilmington. They were basically checking us. Yeah. You know, they were calling us. They were just saying, hey, you guys can't, you can't do shit like that around here. So we were cooking. They grandfathered us in with no hood. 
So I remember like the first probably six months, if you walked into cleanings, it was a little smoky from um, us cooking on the flat top grill because that was our first flat top that we were cooking on. Yep, I remember that. So. Um, yeah, we had to open the doors to get all the smoke out. We did. <laughs> I think we, did, we didn't even install a, like a vent system for like the first year we were there. No. It was terrible. But anyway, ex- talking about growth and expansion, and now we're now we're officially clean eats, and we have the location on Racine. Um, we I think about going back into our pattern where we wanted to open a second location. Yeah, we we had the thoughts of opening another location on the other end of town, and we had some guys start to come to the cafe that we didn't recognize. You know, in the beginning, we we got a very large almost cult-like following of regular customers. Well, these guys that kept coming in and asking these questions, we'd never seen them before. We didn't know who they were. And they were basically asking what our growth strategy was. What, what do we have planned for the future? And it was, they were personal questions that was asked. I think these guys, they, when they came, they always came late in the evening. Yeah. I always noticed that. And they would always want to sit and they would want to talk to you and I. Well, come to find out, these guys were kind of watching us and they were um, following the business, following our growth and, and things like that, and that is when we we went to um, Bill Ferris's office right over here, and we were saying, okay, if we're going to expand, we're going to try to do this right. So we went to try to have uh, a layout we gonna, done. We were going to um, build our dream location. Yeah, like we, we knew were gonna... exactly. Like we've never done that before. We've always gone into a second generation and made the structure work. And on this one, we wanted to do. Um, a box and design our kitchen the way we wanted it. So we went to Bill and was asking him about layouts and you know how that whole process worked because it was new to us and it was and, and um, it was very intimidating. We didn't we had never done it before, so we didn't really know what the hell we were doing. We were just asking a million questions, and I think halfway through the conversation, Bill just stopped us and said, "Look, you know, this is a great idea." But I think you guys need to go another route with this. I think you need to franchise this. And we had, I mean, you and I had always had a couple bullshit conversations about franchising, but I don't think we ever took it too seriously. No. And then once Bill started saying that, you know, he kind of, he gave us a card of a guy's name. And uh, I think sitting there, you and I kind of looked at it. And I think it was kind of like an aha moment. You know, we kind of looked at each other and knew that, okay, maybe this is the route that we want to go. Well, we knew it was one that we were going to follow up on, I guess, at that point. We really didn't know anything about it. We've kind of, like, dipped our toes in it, you know, about licensing the agreement, about franchising, about, you know, different ways to do it. I mean, um, we were friends with Mike at the time, so he was in a franchise with Golds. And so we kind of knew different things, and we were we were questioning it, but still we were kind of bullheaded, I think, and doing it our own way also so well and i think kind of stepping back i think we just kind of left the story hanging there but the guys that were coming in and asking about our growth plan that's where we kind of originally got the idea to franchise that's when we started thinking about it was when those guys started coming in and asking us where do you see yourself in five years well we don't know you know and then they would they would talk about franchising i remember a couple of those guys asking if we had ever considered franchising this model you know, and my answer was always, you know, yeah, we, I mean, it, it's crossed our mind, but at the time, I know that was a very intimidating move for you and I. We didn't, we weren't ready to make that jump. And you almost have to give Tony Calvin a shout out too, because the first day we met Tony, he's like, you guys are going to franchise. And that was like, 
the very, I mean, we hadn't even opened the cafe yet. And we're just like, we just kind of laughed it off. But I mean, the first day that he met us, that's what he, in his gym over at CrossFit Wilmington, he's like, you guys will be a franchise. And so, I mean, so I think people maybe saw it before we did, you know? Sure. Um, where was I at in that timeline? With what? Your life? <laughs> My life? No. Um, so uh, we, we were going to get ready to call. Yeah, yeah. So Bill gave us a card to a guy here in town that was um, a franchise guy. Um, he had partners um, basically with emerging brands, and that's what they did. They took small businesses and franchised them. And we had a couple meetings with him, met his partner, got introduced to them. And the more and more that we kept doing this and meeting with these guys and talking to them a few times, we got more and more comfortable and more excited about the idea. Um, it was exciting, but at the same time, like I said, it was very intimidating because we didn't know. It was a lot of money. It was. It was a lot of money. And that was a scary thing. I remember when we, uh, I'm skipping ahead here a little bit, but when we finally decided to pull that trigger and do that, we wrote these guys a check. And then I remember we went home that night and damn near had a heart attack because we're like, okay, we just wrote these guys a check for a lot of freaking money. And we did the same thing we always do. We just jumped in head first and figured out how to swim later. We didn't do background checks. We didn't do anything. We didn't have an attorney. We didn't have any of that. And it kind of freaked us out. So we got online and started checking them all out like we should have done three months prior. Um, But, you know, we asked around to some of the other concepts that they had done and got that warm, fuzzy feeling again. And, you know, I think in August of 2015 is when we were official of franchise, I think, is when we signed the papers. And then that's when Jason came down and hung out at the cafe for that week and was taking notes and basically just shadowing the whole operation to try to figure out how to write our manuals and put all of our manuals together. And I remember that week. That was a... That was a stressful week. That was. It was... Uh, I felt like we were being judged. Yeah. Somebody was all up in our business. So every time you took a note, I was like, oh gosh, did I do that wrong? Or, you know, like, what am I, you know, because we, again, neither one of us had like any culinary background. So, I mean, we learned along the way. I think the one thing for me that sticks out about that week the most is I, and I can still remember it like it was yesterday. I think we were competing at the time. We were dining for a show and he was there taking notes and he had an agenda. So, I mean, we kind of knew what he was doing, but at the end of the shift, when we were closing, you and I were in a very big hurry to get out of there because we had to hit the gym by a certain time to get in there and get trained and do our cardio and everything else. And he was looking at us like we were like creatures from another existence. He was like, you guys are leaving like right now to go to the gym and we're like yes yes we are (laughs) (laughs) he was dumbfounded by it but thought that was pretty funny today's episode of the clean truth is sponsored by clean eats and the we change lives challenge if you want the chance to win five thousand dollars for improving your lifestyle then head over to cleaneats.com slash we change lives with a z fill out the form and get started so now we're an official franchise as of august 2015 we're a franchise you know we're trying to do and make some changes to our model and to the brand to where we can refine it to where it's even easier to duplicate and I know that was a very hard thing for us to do um, which I think is going to be hard for anybody that owns a business and they're trying to grow it 
you're going to have to make changes. And to not be afraid of making those changes is very important. You know, I think one of the first ones was our aesthetic look. You know, everybody knows if you went into Racine before we franchised, it looked way different. We had those decoupage tables. I mean, it was a bodybuilding meathead central. We had the row of bodybuilders signed autographs from all of our favorite bodybuilders right. and local people in town. And so we took all those down, which I was sad about. We still have them. We do. We do. But it was important. It was important for us to refine that look and make it to where something, you know, somebody could could buy it and do the same thing. I mean, that look would be, it would, it would have been very hard to sell and to. Well, we had to get out of the mindset that it was a bodybuilding gym or a, a gym. That a too. bodybuilding cafe. So that that's too. what we personally were, you know, attracted to was that clientele. But if we were going to sell this in 50 states, then we had to not soften the look, but make it more universal. So it wasn't, you know, intimidating, I think, for anybody to walk in. That's when we started realizing that we could help other people, not just the fitness industry. And we had to, like you said, we had to make the cafe appealing to those customers also. Um, I know you wanted to tell a really funny story, but what was the very first lesson that we figured out that we should have done when we franchised? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you said the slogan this morning when we were talking about this. The slogan lawyer up a lawyer up yeah so that was probably our biggest mistake from day one is not uh, hiring a lawyer so if you're going to do this and you're going to invest all of this money then definitely your first investment having a very a good lawyer. business attorney is probably the number one key takeaway we signed our first three agreements without a lawyer yeah which has been our biggest, luckily they were friends of ours yes i mean which has been our probably our biggest mistake so yeah it's probably been the biggest mistake so far it's cost us so now that we're a franchise we've started to sell a couple units and like i just said we got really lucky in the beginning the first three four five six franchisees that we signed were really good customers of ours, long-term customers. Uh, some of them were friends, um, and at the time, really good friends. So we got lucky in that. That kind of got us the momentum going that we needed. And, you know, not having an attorney was, I think, the number one lesson that we learned as far as, like, a trial tribulation bump in the road. Um, because shortly after that, we started to realize we use the term snakes in the grass. Now, that's kind of what we label these, but we had, you know, we had people trying to come in and help us when they, they saw that we were onto something and they saw the momentum that we were having and everybody came in offering, I'm using my fingers in quotes, help. They wanted to help. They wanted to be a part of it. They want, they could offer guidance to us or this, that, or the other thing. So, and I think too, if you are, I, I want to say a good con artist, but I mean, that's pretty much what we maybe got sure approached by with some con artists along the way and um if you are good at that job then you know what your weakness or what our weaknesses were and you know they can feed on you to know exactly what the weakest point and where they should input their you know their bullshit at i think 
I don't remember the exact number of franchises that we had when we did this, but I want to say it was around four or five, maybe six, when we signed an agreement with our first consultant. Mm -hmm. And that has been on my list of mistakes, like huge life mistakes. (laughs) That's probably number two. The first one, obviously, was my first wife, my marriage. Obviously, that'll always be number one. This Signing this agreement with this particular consultant was probably my number two ultimate mistake of my life. And that goes back to what we just said. I was a little overly confident in my comfortability in reading this agreement and understanding what it was. And, you know, I had a couple of of other guys that I trusted to look at it and they gave me their feedback and I don't know, for whatever reason, I just didn't listen. Because you <laughs> fed on what you wanted the most. Right. So. so we didn't have an attorney at the time. We didn't have a ter- an attorney blessing on this and we've paid for it ever since. Yeah. Quite frankly, we're still paying for it. Lawyer up. So, uh, With a good lawyer. Yeah. You got to make sure that's not a snake either. So pick, um, you know, interview. Do your homework on getting a good business attorney, especially if you're going to grow your business. If if growth and expansion is your your goal, do your research and go get a, a really good, reputable, reputable business attorney. It's going to save you a lot of time, money, and heartache in the long run. And then the one that we use, he's actually franchised. So there's a different, I mean, franchise law is its whole other ballgame. I mean, make sure that if you're franchising, that you pick a franchise lawyer. Right. I think moving along in this timeline, as far as growth and expansion and the, some of the lessons that we've learned, that was, that's gotta be the biggest one. I know that, but you know, kind of moving ahead, we're at uh, 45 locations open now. Getting ready to open the, uh, the next one in um, Asheville. Asheville. So thinking back through that process, going from like six to 45, you know, it was little things. I mean, other than, you know, that big major agreement that we made, made a big boo-boo on, it's little bumps in the road that we hit. You know, it was us having an idea and throwing it out there before we think it through, which, in all honesty, if I th- sit here and I think about it long enough, I don't know if that's necessarily a complete bad thing all the time, depending on what no. it is. You know what I mean? I think you can do the opposite, too. You can sometimes, and you do do it. We always make a joke that Don is black or white. Like there is no in between. And then I think how we balance out is that I'm that 50 shades of gray in between his black and white. So, um, (laughs) I know that's how it works. I always like, I can, I don't know. Mine's always fluffy and pretty and you know, all that. And then you're either like, no, because of this. Yes. Because of this. And so think the idea is like if you contemplate too much some of the ideas would not go but I'm just like I push a little bit I think you do you you are really good at having 45 50 ideas at one time and then I have to pluck out the two or three that are really good and that work and then when I say no to the other 42 I usually can convince you you throw a temper tantrum like a little girl you kick and scream like I'm taking your teddy bear away but but I usually can convince you on at least another six to eight of those ideas Sometimes, depending on what they are. <laughs> but, you know, uh, one of the difficulties on my end, which um, we, um, if you've listened to previous podcasts, we, me and him have lanes. So he stays in his lane, I stay in my lane. But 
my lane on this, like as you said on your FDD, you know, the you were doing all of the business part of that. And then on my side, I do all of the food related stuff. So, um, you know, at the time it was really good to duplicate or, you know, to change the menu every week. So that has been one of my biggest, um, I guess, not biggest, but my biggest challenge so far is to try to get these 45 locations to produce the same exact meal every week. And we do six meals each week. So um, I've learned a lot along the way with my, what I do on my side. So what are some other things you've got on your notes there before we wrap this up, before I give them a... Um, I was like just telling... Um, you about the I've only I've cried three times in this process so I don't cry very often but I can I, I've cried three times so the first time I cried um was when we moved to Wilmington and you rented our apartment sight unseen oh that was nasty that so was here we are we are moving from Illinois smelled like cat piss and it cigarettes was terrible roaches like I just remember like uh, we had just pulled in. We were going to unload the tractor, trailer, whatever it was, the, into the new restaurant. And so we didn't even have a mattress, so we slept on the floor. And it was so disgusting. Like, I just laid there. And it was like, pretty gnarly, man. We have made the biggest mistake of our life. Like, I'm laying in a cockroach-infested, piss carpet hotel. Or, I had to make them uh, clean it. I made them clean. Remember when we left, I made them come back in and clean it? Oh, I know. If I ever want my way, I just cry. Like... It doesn't happen very often, so <laughs> he knows I'm, like, at my point. Second time I cried was in Sam's office because I think uh, Sam's our lawyer. Over the agreement that we signed. Over the agreement we signed because at that time, um, I think that was, like, the biggest um, reality call on me was that uh, law is not black and white. Or, yeah, I mean, I guess it's not black and white. Like, good does not always, I guess, go against evil. Like, it's. There is not a justice system isn't always fair. It's compromise, and I don't like to compromise. And so I just remember um, that's probably like that's just, I, yeah, I cried, which was terrible. Like, I, I hate showing that kind of emotion. And then the third time, um, which I was at my breaking point, is when we were um, planning the whole um, Clean Eats kitchen. And at this point, it was like, it was just an idea and I don't want to say that everyone was giving me shit about starting the the kitchen part of this you know and um partnering with Europa and all this like no I don't think too many you or Jason kind of you guys were supporting but yet you weren't like offering a lot of support on this and so I ordered this freezer and it was sitting in the middle of the cafe and I didn't think about how to get the cart of meals into the freezer. I just thought that me and Don were going to squat squat it into the freezer. <laughs> I wish you could have been there to see this. <laughs> it was, so we had this whole cart, which probably weighed over a thousand pounds. I didn't think it was going to do that, but anyway, so um, obviously we didn't get the cart into the freezer and I mentally just broke down. Like I, and I think at two o'clock that morning, Don and we both wake up and we learned that there was ramps that were made for coolers to roll things in i took you for sushi and ice cream and it made it better yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so one of the key takeaways that i want to give you right now is 
if you own a business, small business, doesn't matter what it is, and you want to grow it, don't be afraid. I know it's it's hard to say that. It's easy to sit for me to sit here and tell you that, but you're not always going to have the right answer and know what to do. We never did, and we still don't. You're going to stumble along the way, and that's okay. That's how you're going to learn. So that is my very key takeaway for this. Um, got anything else you want to add? Mine's just watch for the snakes slivering in the grass. Make sure you got somebody there to... Yeah, make sure you surround yourself with the right people, too. To chop their heads off. All right, guys. Until next time. Well, there you have it. That's our two cents, and that's our clean truth. For more information on Clean Eats, visit www.cleaneats.com. To find Yvonne and I on social media, on Instagram, I'm Don underscore Verity, V-A-R-A-D-Y. To find Yvonne, it's just Yvonne Verity, all lowercase. Thank you. Have a great day, guys.